Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. And we're here to talk a little App State Mountaineers with the fellows from the Black and Gold podcast, AJ and Charles. Welcome to the Running with the Herd podcast. Appreciate your time, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you too, Aaron. Absolutely. Now, uh, App State going into this uh, pivotal matchup with Marshall with a 2 one record. They defeated East Carolina in week one. They had a close loss to Miami of Florida, the Hurricanes, in week two. And they took care of business against Elon 44-10. to Now, uh, we're going to start off with you here, AJ. Uh, strengths of the App State team uh, through three games and a little bit of what they can improve upon in uh, the young season so far. Uh, well, you know, um, we talk about this all the time on our show. Really, I think the, the cornerstone of the success that App State's had since um, joining FBS has been our defense. Um, first three games, really, I mean, lights out. I mean, when you think of areas to improve, I can't think of many areas on defense we can improve. We, we you know, Elon was able to on Saturday, you know, throw these, you know, underneath passes and kind of dumping it off for these short yardage completions um, where, you know, they're picking up some first downs, kind of grinding out the clock. But, you know, kind of the, the philosophy of that defense is kind of bend but don't break, keep the play in front of you. And it seems we, we're getting faster and faster every year. And, and when we talk to players at Media Day when we went, you know, some of the dudes that have been there for um, four or five years, um, they, they told us kind of like, just as a matter of fact, they weren't trying to hype anything. They just said, this is the best defense that we've had. I mean, this is, they're fast, they're good. Um, and and we kind of have seen that, honestly. Uh, as far as areas to improve, um, you know, I'd like to see us, and, and Coach Clark mentioned this today in his press conference, uh, getting better at it, converting on third down. Um, you know, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a few times on Saturday. We had some false start penalties, turning those third and short to third and longs and, and not doing as great of a job um, on third down. Uh, getting those first down, which is going to be really, really important against, you know, peer competition, especially against a team like Marshall. So th that's that's one area I could see us improve on. But when you talk App State football, you know, back in the championship years, he was scoring a bunch of points and Armani Edwards and doing some huge things. Now it's it really begins with our defense, and they have been dominant all year. Absolutely. And, uh, Charles, uh, what has been your impressions of uh, Chase Bryce thus far? Uh, transfer coming in from Duke and Clemson. Uh, he backed up Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, and he was the starter at Duke during the uh, COVID year, and now he comes to App State. Uh, what have you make of his play thus far and what he's been able to do? Yeah, that's that was really like a hot topic for us because it was the one of the few things in the offseason we were, we were had this, like, this question mark about, you know. Uh, a lot of super seniors returning, a lot on defense, a lot of – receivers, running backs, and things of that nature. And Chase was the one. Chase was the question. Like, how does he acclimate? How good is he? Uh, how much did playing at Duke and getting beat up kind of affect him? And to me, I think he's been fine. Um, he's had, I think, just two interceptions. One was a tipped one, at, you know, that was a diving play that counted but shouldn't have. Another one was uh, another one in against ECU where the um, head coach said, I was going for it. I wanted to wanted to blow him out of the water. I want the game to be finished, and uh, I forced the issue a little bit. So I think he's been fine. Uh, protection's been there. And, and he's really just kind of been a really 
Good. And we, we, we touched on this like a game manager, but if there was a better terminology for game manager, that doesn't sound like a, a guy's like average, because I don't think yeah. he is, um, that, that that's what he's done. Um, we, we didn't need him to come in and be the guy because we've got a lot of guys on our team who can be really good and take over games. And so I think what it comes down to is just him finding his, his role. Um, also getting the chemistry down. I think we're still kind of working on that. You know, um, all we had was, a, you know, a spring ball and a, and a fall practice, which he didn't have last year at Duke. And then a lot of people look at that and say, look at all those turnovers, look at all those sacks. And, and literally, you know, David Cutcliffe's system at Duke is, is complicated. It's hard to learn. And you can't do that when you've got a distance and not have meetings and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're all familiar with that. So um, I'm, I feel really good. I think that we've had, um, really played about one and a half games out of the three where we've really kind of opened it up. I think the second half of the ECU mm -hmm. was kind of, um, we, we, you know, we had one drive where we were like, hey, we're going to score on this one. And we, we did, and we did it well, you know, when we wanted to. But, um, you know, we're kind of saving stuff a little bit. You know, I, I felt like we did this this past Saturday. And so mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen the full Chase Bryce. Um, like he can, but I mean, he almost threw for 300 and against a team that was just stacking the box and daring us to throw. So we did. Um, and, and I think, I think teams this year will find out that if you want to, you want to, you know, make Chase Bryce beat you, he probably will. He'll probably put the ball out there in people's hands that it needs to be. And, uh, I think we'll be just fine. But, um, I, so far, I mean, if I feel good about him, I think the best is yet to come. Absolutely. And uh, AJ, uh, Char uh, Charles had alluded to it a little bit, guys that could take over games. And one of the guys that comes to mind, a name that Marshall uh, fans and the defense should be looking out for on Thursday is, of course, the running back uh, number six, uh, Cam Peoples. And uh, he's a guy that could easily take over a game. He did that again, the Myrtle Beach Bowl against North Texas. And uh, he's he's done that throughout his career. How has Cam's progression been at App from the time he was a freshman? He was injured in the early going earlier in his career, but he seemed to find his stride literally and figuratively and kind of be the centerpiece of that offense. Yeah, so we, we kind of have an embarrassment of riches at running back, and we have for the last several years. We've been very fortunate. Um, uh, some of these guys get hurt. Uh, last year, our starting running back was uh, Daedric uh, Harrington. And mm -hmm. he he's great. He had that great combination of of patience uh, and, and speed and, and elusiveness. And um, he got hurt. And then that's when when Cam stepped up. I can't think and Charles, you know, is, is you know, can feel free to correct me here. I can't think of a running back we've ever had. That's like Cam. He's like six, one, six, two. He's long. I mean, if you look at him, uh, he, he he looks a little bit like a like either a wide receiver or an outside linebacker. I mean, he's really big. Yeah. Uh, and, and so with that, though, you're big, you're long. You also have a lot that, to tackle. And I think he's battled some injuries um, because he's he's kind of a bigger target. Uh, and it's been unfortunate to see that. But, um, and I'll, you know, I'll say that North Texas game is interesting because, you know, their scheme was so bad. Um, and he, he really, uh, you know, in our offense really um, exploited that. But he's, he's talented. He's kind of got that thunder to Nate Noel's lightning. Um, I think the duo that we have there is really special. We can change things up and do some different things with Nate Noel, who's probably a better um, a better pass uh, catcher. But when it comes to just delivering the thunder and getting someone physical up there to to challenge the defense, 
he's tall and he he can run. Um, and so uh, we're very fortunate to have him. He can take over games, but you know, Charles also mentioned that you know we got a lot of super seniors. I, I can think of several names uh, that can uh, really step up in big moments um, on the offensive side, and, uh, and and Cam is just one of them. You know, Cam on Saturday had 11 carries, and uh, going into the game, uh, I believe he and um, Nate Noel only had 31 each. So we've been real careful about managing the load, making sure those guys are fresh for conference play. Our, arguably, our, our four biggest games on the schedule, in my opinion, are kind of like one after another right here. Marshall, Georgia State, Louisiana Coastal. That, that's a stretch that we've got to – we feel like we'll make or break our season to an extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, I, I think that was by design. Um, not to say that he is injury prone, but we are going to run the ball at some point. And mm-hmm. that's the staple of our offense. Cam's going to get a lot of carries. Nate's going to get a lot of carries. But we want to make sure that we're not giving you know, him something like 200 carries a season when 150 would, would be just fine. Understandable. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to keep – a guy like that healthy, you want to keep all your running backs healthy, and that's something that a lot of teams are implementing all around the country. I mean, obviously you don't have that guy that's getting 35 carries a game usually in uh, major college football, but, you know, when when I saw him against some of the Sun Belt competition and in that bowl game, he was he was feeling it and he was getting the ball early and often. And, you know, you definitely kind of want to limit his pitch count, if you will. Now, he obviously can't do the things that he does, and the playmakers on the outside can't do the things they do without a strong offensive line. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me over the years about the Mountaineers is their offensive line. There's uh, those super seniors, like you mentioned, guys that have come back for that year, like Bear Hunter and some of the other guys that have – really been uh, the stalwarts along the offensive line. Talk about the big boys up front and uh, just what they've been able to do given their experience and their ability in big games. We'll start with you, Charles. Well, we, you know, the offseason was another uh, question mark there on the offensive line because they we had to do some shuffling. Uh, we lost a lot last year. But we, we still had guys who were in our program. It's not like we're starting freshmen or transfers or anything like that. We just had guys who just – um, who hadn't just been starting, you know, hadn't gotten a majority of the snaps, but they had, you know, we, we, just like everybody mixes in running backs, we, you know, we're rotating, we rotate defensive linemen as well and linebackers as well and do the same thing kind of on the offensive line. So you're not having some guy out there playing 70 snaps a game, knowing that you're going to have this gauntlet of, of games in a row where they're, it's important to be fresh and all that stuff. I think they're finding themselves right now. I don't think they're playing up to their expectations, and they'll be the first ones to admit it. Uh, but they are our bread and butter, and without that, we're not going to have time for talented quarterbacks like Chase Bryce to find great super seniors in, in, in the wide receiving core. We're not going to be able to run the ball like we want to and establish our tempo and wear defenses out. And Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, AJ. No, I was going to just kind of echo what um, what Charles said, but then add, um, you know, one of the things that really came together well for us this year is uh, Bear Hunter has transitioned to that center position so well. You know, Noah Hannon, who's now uh, the color commentator for our radio team, 
and he's doing a good job with that. You know, he was a real smart, headsy player. And so for Bear to take over that position and, and play as well as he's played so far, it's really cool to see. But, we're you know, we're missing an NFL quality um, guard uh, on the line uh, from in, uh, Ryan Newsel, And we got a transfer from Western Carolina who was getting some P5 attention in the transfer, transfer portal. He happens to be from uh, West Caldwell High School, which is – 35 minutes down the road from uh, Boone. So he chose to come home and uh, Isaiah Helms, he's our right guard. And he is, he's fit in really, really well. He's become a, like a, a very dangerous weapon for us on the line. So um, yeah, Charles is right. We, it was a question mark, but uh, Anderson Hardy filling in at left tackle coming in. Um, they're not where they want to be exactly, but I will say this. I, I think last year when we played Marshall, um, I don't even think it's a question. We talked about this when you were on our show. I think that Marshall's offensive line and defensive line won the line of scrimmage that day. And uh, we were very fortunate to be in that game. It was a scrappy game. Um, but I think this year our offensive line, thankfully, is playing a lot better. And I think a year with a full spring camp, a full summer workout regiment, which is so important to the App State football um, success, and then a full fall camp, um, I think these guys are – playing in sync better than I had anticipated. And I thought we were going to do well, but um, we're, we're happy to see what we have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it bodes well for all teams that they had a spring practice. They had a spring game. They had a fall camp, something that was not afforded to a lot of the teams last year. I mean, there was only yeah. some teams out there that maybe have had a handful of practices before everything went down and they didn't have a spring game. They didn't have a chance to come together you know, not only in meetings, you know, as a team talking football and trying to get strategy down, but also that camaraderie and that brotherhood and everything that yeah. you see amongst all these teams. You didn't really have that due to uh, the pandemic and everything that went on with that. Uh, now, last year, App State finished nine and three, uh, which by standards of the folks in uh, Boone, North Carolina and the surrounding area, was a little bit below the standard, but uh, Coach Sean Clark, who is uh, a Huntington uh, or a West Virginia native, I should say, and uh, is probably uh, one of the better G5 coaches, in my opinion. Uh, he's uh, he's done a great job with the program in the short time he's been there. Um, just just what have you seen from him in the short time that he's been in, in uh, Boone and just the things that he's done? Uh, with the football team and just, you know, around the, around the program, around uh, uh, the campus? Well, I mean, this is, this is a layup question, but it's, um, it's good information for the Marshall people. I mean, Sean Clark is a former player, and he loves this area, period. Um, I don't think when he, was, when he was offered by Scott Satterfield to come back and be the offensive line coach that he took very long to make that decision. Um, it, was, it, it may have not ever been a goal. Um, but it was one that was realized once he got back here and, and just the, the way he embraces everyone, not just any type of demographic um, from any type of area on campus. It, I mean, it's everybody. It's everybody in this community. You know, and, and, and people forget, I mean, if, if you're not familiar, I mean, Boone doesn't even have 20,000 people and we have 20,000 students that go to App State. So, You've got to really be endearing, but, you know, here he is. He's coached 15 games, you know, in his career, and he's still very young as being a head coach as far as experience is concerned. But um, there's one thing that he carries with him all the time, 
is the fact that he will not let App State slip, and he will, and he and he understands that nine and three isn't good enough. It's because he was on an undefeated team, you know. Um, he he knows what that's like. He he's, he is he has bled the blood just like those players have on the same type of field that's been there for you know a long time, the same places, and, and the, we've got some new buildings and all that. But it's you know he gets it, and mm-hmm. and and you know everybody loves Sean. I don't know mm. if, if if there's somebody out there who doesn't, they, they ain't raising their hands and being identified. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just a, a quick story about Sean Clark um, and kind of the kind of guy he is. It's easy to look at records and and, and Charles is right. Uh, he, he was an all American lineman for App State in the mid nineties. He's a really good player. Um, I, but Charles and I were at this um, App State used to do a um, national signing day kind of banquet for, for people to go and uh, see at the stadium and they'll provide hors d'oeuvres and the coaches would present, Hey, here's who we signed today. The letter of okay. intent. And they reviewed the classes and Sean Clark. So what had happened in 2015, Dwayne Ledford, who was a really good offensive line coach for us, Scott Satterfield hired him um, to be the offensive line coach at App State when he got the job. Actually, it's before he got the job, but that's beside the point. He leaves to go to NC state. And that winter, that January um, uh, after Ledford leaves, Satterfield gives um, Sean Clark a call and the story goes, Hey, I need you down here. And coach Clark said, done, be there, (laughs) be there tomorrow, next day, whatever it was. And he starts going on the recruiting trail before he even has a a place in Boone. And so he, this is kind of, you know, coming out of the dead period and that we're all familiar with as college fans. And he gets to that signing day banquet and with tears in his eyes, talking about how happy he was to be back. And I know Charles and I have talked about this in the past. I mean, it was moving to see a guy that hasn't been back to Boone in an official capacity probably since, you know, the late 90s, maybe. And he, he was so moved to be back, and he was so happy to be back. And he's talked in his press conference how he and his wife, uh, Janelle, talked about how they wanted to come back and be, you know, uh, the head coach at Appalachian State. To feel that, um, I got a sense that night that that dude's going to be the head coach one day. Um, and you know, I, obviously that's kind of me just throwing it in the wind, like who knows, but I'm happy he is. And, and after app state took that, um, kind of, a, you know, call it a risk or whatever with, uh, coach Drinkwitz being that outsider from NC state coming in and having that really great 2019 for us to go back to our app state roots and hire Sean Clark. It's just, it's, we, we feel very blessed to have a, a man like him, um, who cares about his players, but knows App State culture, and, and uh, we really couldn't be happier. Yeah, a story that stands out to me uh, from Coach Clark was uh, last summer during uh, a really crazy summer uh, with the pandemic and a lot of the uh, unrest that's gone on in the country and everything. And uh, he was at a rally or he was at a gathering of students on campus uh, led by senior uh, Markel Clark at that time. And uh, he was there and he was standing besides the players saying, I may not know exactly where you come from, but I support you. And that to me stood out more than anything he would ever do on the football field as a African-American myself. I mean, you know, that, that really spoke volumes to me. And, you know, my son's only three years old and I would obviously want him to go to Marshall, but if he had a choice, he would either play for uh, a, he could play for a guy like Sean Clark is what I'm trying to say is, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That really stood out to me. 
And that rape, that really made me, you know, stand up and say, hey, you know what? This guy gets it. You know, he not only gets it from, you know, a perspective of being an App State guy and understanding the culture, you know, as far as the football program, but he also understands life. And he understands, like, you know, what these uh, young men are experiencing and that sort of thing and trying to, you know, kind of be that father figure to them. And that really stood out to me. I just wanted yeah. to share that. You know, it's like, like I mentioned before, it's, it's, it's small town college football. And uh, there's a lot of people on campus who probably couldn't tell you who the mayor of Boone was, but they darn sure know who our head football coach is. And I think that event <laughs> probably had a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, Switching gears just a little bit from an outsider's perspective, uh, looking at Marshall, uh, Coach Charles Huff uh, coming in first year, uh, two and one record overall. Um, obviously, there's lots of playmakers, as we alluded to in previous conversations on the offense and the defense. Uh, what stands out to you the most about Marshall, in your opinion, and uh, what should you guys look out for when it comes to the Thundering Herd? We'll start off with you, AJ. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think uh, what impressed me so much last year with, with Marshall was their offensive line, to tell you the truth. Um, uh, I kind of stated when you asked me what the strengths of App State was, well, it's our defense and really creating a lot of havoc with um, our 3-4, where, you know, we have our defensive linemen are not these big, heavy guys. They're, they're strong, but they're quick. And usually we can give uh, big offensive lines trouble um, by that athleticism and spread them out a little bit. Well, Marshall really didn't have a, 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 a ton of problems um, with us. Uh, now, I think Grant Wells didn't have a great passing day that day. And I think we um, – is it Brandon Knox or Brendan Knox? that uh, Brendan Knox, yeah. Yeah, now he's not there, I understand. But, um, he, you know, he, he, he gave us some fits. Uh, but um, to me, I'm going to be interested to see if we can still, um, you know, get penetration because I'll, I'll tell you against Elon – in the first half, you know, and yeah, it's Elon, and, and obviously there are different dynamics mentally, you know, approaching an FCS program, but um, I think that come natural. However, um, I, I, you know, I think Elon's offensive line did a pretty good job preventing penetration um, against our defense, and uh, I'm going to look to see, um, and I think they can, by the way, but I'm going to be interested to watch uh, Marshall's offensive line to see if they can provide that same type of uh, push and control at the line of scrimmage that uh, happened last year so that's that's one thing that i'm that i'm looking forward and you did a good job covering that on our show as well for me it's uh it's i'm really looking to see what version of grant wells we get from marshall um it seems you know he kind of came out of the gates quick last year he can have these games where he throws for 300 400 yards and uh, a lot of touchdowns and and then you can have a like a five interception game you know um, and, and I think that was Rice last year, and that's kind of like where y'all season kind of went from being pretty magical to just it just kind of stopped dead in its tracks, I guess you could say. And that's an outsider's point of view, but um, that's what I'm that's what I'm interested to see. Um, um, Ken Brewer can be a different place. I know a Thursday night game is not going to um, have the volume of the crowd that we did um, like on a Saturday would, but you're, the quality will certainly be there, um, and and people will understand how important this is. This isn't just another team. I think they'll remember it from last year. Um, I'm sure coaches, players, and fans alike all circled this one, and we've been looking forward to it for a long time. So 
Uh, I'm looking to see what 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 that brings, uh, what kind of game day we have, and, and certainly what kind of quarterback play Marshall brings on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, uh, Grant Wells has a lot of talent. Uh, just has to find that consistency, and uh, that's something that uh, can't be really replicated over 13 starts, but I know that he's going to find it sooner rather than later. Now, uh, as we wrap up here, guys, what element of the game do you think is going to have a major impact on Thursday night's matchup, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams for either team, you know, whether it be a return, a mistake, you know, you know, the lines of scrimmage, what do you think is going to be the key element to this football game for both teams. We'll start off with you, Charles. I'm going to go kind of the, uh, the direction people probably aren't thinking about, but for me, it's it's all about um, the middle three, middle four players, depending on the situation for our, the app D. Uh, DeMarco Jackson has been an absolute monster. He has as many assistive tackles as our second leading tackler, has total tackles. He's a, He's been a massive problem right now. Um, for defenses, and he he has that look right now that he's just in a groove. And if he keeps playing the way he does, um, that's just going to lead to everyone else around him playing a lot better. And um, for me, that, I think that's the key. Can we fill the gaps? If we can fill the gaps in the run game, then we'll see if we can start getting after um, um, Wells and giving him some pressure and then have him to force, um, force some throws or things like that. Um, we got an interception last week. We've got the most interceptions in all of Division One football since 2015, and, and that's something I'm feeling like um, is it's going to be the matchup of the, of the night. Yeah, um, I, I tell you, for me, it's kind of going to go back to where I think we really struggled on, on third down conversions. I think if we can figure out um, how to convert better on, on third down, but also um, on, in the red zone, um, I personally think, and Charles kind of alluded to this, I I think, um, number one, I think Coach Clark's a little more cerebral than uh, people give him credit for. I think people look at maybe an offensive line coach, big guy, maybe think, oh, he's not playing chess. I I think there are head games that um, that Coach Clark is capable of playing that uh, I just, I'm not convinced that we have really pulled out um, any sort of, I'm not even saying trick plays, but I don't think we've shown our hand too much this year. Uh, got a lot of weapons. So for this game, if if App State can do better on third down, especially play better and, and turn some of these that have been field goals into touchdowns, um, I think App wins handily. I, I don't think, though, um, it's going to be uh, a pushover. But to me, it's can we figure that out? That was a big struggle last year. We've seen some kind of flashes of um, that hasn't gone completely away yet. So I'm going to go offensive side. Um, I, I trust our defense is going to be there, but – can our offense convert on third down when we need to, and can we can we convert um, in the um, in the uh, red zone? Can we get those touchdowns? Um, if we do that, I think App, App's got it. But we got to do it. Got to execute. Thank you guys for your opinions and your analysis of App State. Now, one more quick one here before we go. Obviously, uh, App and uh, Marshall were both uh, rivals and uh, conference mates in the Southern Conference. Once upon a time, obviously Marshall is in Conference USA. App State is in the Sun Belt. Now there has been discussion for a lot of uh, folks on Twitter and a lot of people out there uh, that uh, do podcasts like such as these and such as yours and um, other uh, people as well 
that have been talking about possibly the Sun Belt adding a few more teams, whether it be a Marshall, whether it be a couple of these other Conference USA, Conference USA schools. Do you guys, in your opinion, see that Marshall could possibly be a Sun Belt member? And do you think that Commissioner Keith Gill is looking at this matchup on Thursday night, maybe, you know, as if to say, like, perhaps this could be a conference game once again for both of these two teams. Just uh, tell me your thoughts on uh, that and what do you think, you know, this this could possibly mean for both of these teams in the future? AJ, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah. Um, we would take Marshall in the Sun Belt yesterday. Uh, we would love to have Marshall um, in a conference with us. Um, the stories that, you know, I, uh, Aaron, I don't know if you listened to um, – our segment and our, on our show where, and it's okay if you, it's okay if you didn't. Uh, but we're, um, we talked to a, a former player who played five years at App State offensive line and the way he described that nineties App State Marshall rivalry and how intense it was and how those games are so hard fought. And those guys were, you know, those teams were both at the top of the Southern conference and um, battling it out. Um, very similar fan bases in terms of the the intensity and the passion they travel and that and that's something that um we really want in a conference mate and to kind of rekindle uh those old rivalries that i think could because our fan bases are so similar and like i said passion and, and and how we view our teams and how we support our teams especially our football team i think that could work really well um i think keith gill no no disrespect to keith gill but i don't think you need a game i don't think you need this game to figure that out i don't think you need this game to like make or break or whatever. It's a Thursday night game. You know, we got flex ESPN. We're not going to have the full power of a Saturday crowd. Um, I, I hope it happens. I'm not a decision maker. And, and but I do think the Sun Belt is positioned really well as, um, you know, people can make a case that even without Houston, UCF and Cincinnati, that uh, the American is the superior football conference. I don't, I don't know. I think I would take the top Sun Belt teams against you know, the American, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I think App State and the Sun Belt are kind of positioned well to be able to um, find who they want. I don't think they're in a desperate position, but I would love nothing more than for Marshall to join. Um, I think that it's more possible today than it ever has been since we've joined the FCS. I'm sorry, the FBS. Um, will it? I don't know, but I hope it happens. You know, I think what this really comes down to is uh, what I mentioned twice before, small-town college football. And, and Conference USA is not that. Uh, it's more big-city college football that hasn't really built, you know, it was uh, sold as potential that's never turned into much. Right. And Conference USA doesn't realize the value that they have and the mistakes they've made in the past, uh, whereas the Sun Belt is the exact opposite in for a lot of their schools who are playing good football, Right. Um, certainly there are markets uh, with, with other teams. But at the end of the day, what makes college football great is people in the stands, passionate people who travel to games and don't stream them on ESPN Plus or Facebook or et cetera, whatever <laughs> network it is. Um, I remember those games. I was just a young kid you know, in the 90s, when, but those games were intense. That 94 game will be probably a top five game. Um, you know, in my lifetime at Marshall, um, we, we knocked Marshall off and they were number one, um, an electric, electric night. And there was 15,000 people there, you know, 
and uh, looking forward to Thursday. But, but man, if, if, if you put your, your emphasis and your focus on a good product versus a good potential product, I think that's where the Sun Belt can, uh, can really uh, take advantage of that. And it'll, and it'll be great for Marshall. It'll be great for App. I feel like every time I've talked to someone from Marshall, they've always just been like, you know, we, you know what we've been we've missed since we went FBS Division One is that nobody travels. And I remember when we went to that last game in 2002, Marshall fans are so excited that App State fans came, you know, across the Blue Ridge because they knew we were going to come. And it was a heck of an atmosphere, um, you know, and like I said, both teams travel well. I can remember the entire visitor side of it, Kid River Stadium being green. I mean, it wasn't just like a thousand; it was like five thousand. Yeah, and, and it, it made you envious, and it brought in that right there in our house, and they're trying to stop all over us, and we're just not going to have it. And I think that's that good. That that's the good kind of competition and intensity you want in college football. I couldn't agree more, guys. I mean, obviously, us three are not decision makers in this process, but. I, for one, would love to see it. It will be great for both teams. It will be great for the conference as a whole. It would be great for G5 football and college football as a whole. And, you know, like like AJ said, I don't really think that you need a singular game to tell Commissioner Gill, like, hey, this makes sense. I mean, you know, small-town college football, like Charles said. I mean, obviously the Sun Belt has good teams in smaller towns, App State being one of them. Uh, Coastal Carolina. I mean, Myrtle Beach isn't exactly a metropolis by any stretch of the imagination. Neither is Conway. Uh, neither is Conway. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, exactly. And uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the Cajuns are doing some big things in uh, the Sun Belt as of late. And, of course, uh, your guys' rivals, uh, Georgia Southern, uh, yep. you know, they, they've kind of uh, not hit their stride this year, but at the same time, uh, there's there's been years where they've been very competitive. So, I mean, you know, it would just bring a lot to the Sun Belt if Marshall was in it. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, good luck to uh, you guys the rest of the season, and uh, thanks again. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you very much, Aaron. It's been fun.